I'm more excited to be talking to you about task management. You are going to love it. We have to accept that tech is coming into the world and we have to prepare our, our pupils for the real world. This method is really a game-changing way of invigilating, to be honest. Welcome to the Surpass Community Podcast. So hi, my name's Tim Burnett. Um, if you want to reach out, there's my address. Uh, it's the 30th of April, and this is the Pass Community Weekly Update. Um, just a reminder also, while we're here, we've got this Pass Conference, which will be taking place the 4th to the 8th of October. Uh, it's going to be virtual again. Um, hopefully, it's going to be about three days. But if there is an opportunity to um, do some hub-based uh, regionalized activities, then we're hoping that will go ahead. So if you want more information, you want to sign up and register and get it in your calendar, then go to conference.pass.com. But whilst we're talking about events, we have an item banking workshop taking place on the 4th of May. We've got a lot of people that turn up to it, and we just, we've just we kind of tweaked the way that we're going to run it just because the, the numbers really that have come along. Um, as part of it, we've got some uh, presentations where Emma Jarvis uh, is going to be talking uh, about uh, management auditing and performance. So she'll do a bit of a mini pre presentation and then break out to a kind of workshop space so you can work through on that one. <clears throat> We've got test integrity with uh, and publishing with Chris Morrison, and we've got item types with Kat Murray as well. And she's put together just a little clip here for to share, just to talk through um, exactly what she's going to be talking about as part of that session. So here's Kat. Hi guys, my name's Kat. I'm going to present a few features which can help you organise your items and oversee the item authoring process. We've had a few questions relating to these themes. So if there's anything you'd like to know more about, we can talk about these features in more detail during the discussion. First, I'm going to talk about item folders. Item folders are a really useful way of organising items in your subject. For example, I could organise my items depending on their themes, who created the item or which test they appear on. This is completely customizable and you can use whatever system works best for your item authoring process. To create a folder, click this button and type in a name. Then drag your items into the folder. You can also add folders within a folder to further categorize your items. Another great way to help manage your item bank is using item sets. Item sets are a group of items with a friend relationship, meaning that they will always appear in a test together. This is particularly useful for managing case studies. To create an item set, click create new item and then find item set at the bottom. You can add shared text and source material that will appear in each item in the set. I can also add tags to my item set. Rather than having to add these to each individual item, I can add them on the item set level, saving me lots of time. I can decide if I want the items to appear in a random order or fixed order using these checkboxes. To add items to your item set, select the items and drag them in. If you want to oversee your item authoring process, there's a couple of ways you can do this. Item history helps you to keep track of changes made to a particular item. You can see what changes have been made, which user made the changes and when. This will include any comments left on the item and changes made in tasks, which Emma will talk to you about shortly. This is particularly useful when you work on items collaboratively 
or oversee a group of item authors. Another way for you to stay in control of the item authoring process is through roles and permissions. You can restrict access by creating custom roles that only allow users to make changes or view items at a certain status. You can also only allow users to edit their own items. For example, a user with this role wouldn't be able to view live items, but can preview withdrawn items and edit draft items. This ensures that the items in your bank are secure and only those with permission can view and edit content. That's all from me. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on these features later. Thanks for that, Kat. So the format will be for each of the speakers just to take you through those particular areas and then break out into a workshop space where you'll be able to get more in-depth information, ask personal questions about uh, those particular answers, pertinent questions to you, really. Um, if you want more information, you want to register and sign up for that, then go to pass.com slash sign up. There will be a, a recorded element of it, which will be shared. But obviously, as it being a workshop, uh, then if you do want to get hold of it and really get uh, to understand it, then please do uh, make sure you attend the event. Um, let us know if you can't make it and you want us to run it again as well. So ATP Innovations has been run this week. Uh, it's been a very, very busy uh, week for the team and for everyone uh, within the assessment sector. Uh, really quite an international audience attending this one, mainly because it is a virtual event. Um, we do look forward to the in-person ones, but I think there's been a lot that we've all learned from this and it was very well run as well. Uh, we had three fantastic presentations and sessions run as part of that. So uh, Ben and Kat will talk about inclusive uh, design and user experience. Uh, Jim and Steve did a fantastic presentation uh, about utilizing the ultimate candidate experience. Uh, and that's kind of looking at the Examity platform and working with this past one as well. So uh, it's worth checking the recording out for that. And then uh, Amanda and Chris did a brilliant uh, session where they're looking at uh, standard setting practices and use of technology there. They've actually generated a, a handout as well, which um, I'll put the, the link to it in the notes for LinkedIn and in, in the podcast uh, show notes. So if you want more information about that, then please do check that out. Um, I just want to, want, want to take an opportunity. A lot of work goes in uh, by volunteers. So I just want to take an opportunity really to thank everyone that's been involved in that. And um, there's been some brilliant work that's been done as part of this. And a lot of conferences, um, yeah, they utilize a, a planning team, a, a vast planning team across the, the world, really, who really contribute to it. Ben Brady, our very own Brain Brady, uh, is noted on there as part of his marketing effort. So thank you, everyone that's uh, been there uh, working on it. If you do want to read some of the insights that have been going on, around it and I'd suggest using the hashtag ATPConf and going to uh, LinkedIn and you'll see a lot of the posts and information that have been generated on that. So um, you know, if you couldn't make it, um, I'm sure the presentations will be available soon. Um, there was a fantastic one I attended uh, regarding AI, uh, some really, really insightful information on that one. So I do strongly suggest you check that out. Don't forget E-Assessment Association of Test Publishers Conference of the Year, ATP version, European one, um, uh, will be sorry european association of test publishers uh core papers is now open that is for the conference uh, that will be taking place in september the deadline for submissions is the first of june so not a massive amount of time so worth getting your, your work done in there the actual virtual conference itself will be the 27th to the 29th uh, of september Okay, we're going to take a quick look at uh, question types and uh, Adam uh, has been doing a little bit of a series for us just talking about uh, item types which were in surpass. So here's just a, a little clip for you from uh, Adam talking about question types. The task-based simulation item type allows you to use a variety of response and auto-marking methods within a spreadsheet style question type. 
the item is created within the item authoring interface, your users can access the usual extensive formatting, metadata options and settings that are available. Here we see a glimpse of the interface used in all of the question types available in Surpass. Each interface is uniform and follows a step-by-step -step pattern that makes the item creation process as simple as possible for your SMEs. When creating a TBS item, not only do users have access to the item editing interface, but text boxes with rich formatting can also be used in combination with table elements to give you complete freedom to dictate the content of your item. The comprehensive auto-marking options also give you freedom in the ability to vary the response types your candidates are made to engage with. Responses can constitute text, digits or specific currency values that can be used in any combination, adding dimensions to the way you can assess your candidates. Despite the countless possible permutations of the item type, it remains entirely auto-marked, leading to greater efficiency gains for your organisation. In this way, the freedom the TBS provides means your items can closely replicate real-world practices, challenges and applications to ensure you can get the most out of your candidates and your candidates get the most out of your assessments. The new Surpass Custom Question Type allows you to design and create the item type of your choice. In this example, a graphing question has been designed that includes several functions to enable candidates to input data into the grid in such forms as curves, lines, a variety of shapes, and data points in four axes. It is also possible for candidates to alter the appearance of the graph itself, adding labels to each axis and increasing the data range the chart encompasses. This demonstrates just some of the capabilities of this custom question type. The question type is built external to the Surpass system before it is uploaded to your media library as a zip file. Once in your media library, the question is hosted within the wider framework of a Surpass item. Therefore, when used in combination with the rich text editing interface of item authoring, which includes the functionality for tables and formula, this creates a powerful item type with wide-ranging capabilities, not just restricted to diagrams and graphs. This gives you total freedom over both the appearance and the functionality of the question type. From the candidate's perspective, the question type is characteristically straightforward and simple to use, with intuitive tools enabling the candidates to respond without being distracted by a tricky or illogical interface. URL source material enables your candidates to access certain pre-specified websites from within the secure testing environment. Only the URLs that have been entered by the item writer can be accessed by the candidate, so that you remain entirely in control of the candidate's access both to the resources of the test and their device for the duration of the assessment. Supplying candidates with access to online resources increases the real-world validity of your assessments, as candidates can interact with the testing platform in the same way as they will the programs and devices in their future or current role. It also gives your organisation greater freedom in the ways you can assess your candidates, and ensures you stay up to date with modern assessment methods and working practices, in the recognition that it is vital for effective learners to have a mastery of online resources. 
Thank you, Adam. And of course, if you want more information about those features, then I do strongly recommend you check out the item banking workshop next week. It's pass.com slash sign up for more information on that. Okay, next up, um, community news, e-assessment awards. Uh, so for those that don't know, I'm uh, chair of the assessment association now, uh, which is a fantastic opportunity. Um, I caught up with Karen just to understand a little bit more about what's happening with the awards and the award program and how they're going to be announced. So uh, here's my little chat with Karen earlier. Karen, welcome. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Excellent, excellent. Uh, so I understand the, the finalists have been announced. Do you want to tell us a bit more about the e-assessment awards finalists this year? Yep, really delighted. We had a record number of entries this year um, um, from all over the globe. And what's been remarkable this year is that we have 22 finalists this year. Um, and the finalists come from North America, South Africa, the Netherlands, Ireland, India, England and Australia. So seven countries um, have made it through to this next stage, which just really demonstrates the global reach of the assessment nowadays and, and the reach of the awards. It's fantastic news. That's really good. So what's the plan then for in terms of announcing uh, those awards? You know, how long have we got to wait and how will they be uh, unveiled? So what happens next with the awards is that every one of those um, finalists now has a one-to-one -one interview with their panel of four judges. So we have 28 judges sitting on panels of four. And so that takes a little bit of time and, and that's taking place over the next few weeks. And so we are then planning to announce the results in a mini event series in June. And this will be the 2021 International E-Assessment Conference and Awards Programme. And it will be set every Tuesday. Um, time zones obviously depends on where you are in the world. But if you're in the UK, that's British summertime, 3 to 5 p.m. On the 8th, the 15th, the 22nd and the 29th of June. And we decided this year that we would try and do more than just announce the winners. So we've invited a keynote to each of those events to talk around um, the various topics to do with the assessment. We'll be announcing two award winners at each event and then we'll have a panel discussion where we'll be inviting um, the keynote to come forward but also some of the people who've been involved in the judging and some of the people who've also been supporting the awards program so that we'll have a nice panel discussion um, at the end of each event so we hope they'll be really quite informative um, rather than just finding out who's won this year uh, and there'll be two as i say two awards announced at each event so there'd be an opportunity, hopefully, to for a bit of networking. I know it's a bit strained, isn't it, with virtual spaces, but um, all being well, we're planning on doing a, a bit of networking, aren't we, as part of it? We are. We are. And it'll be optional for those that, you know, want to, to join the conversation and come and have a bit of discussion, find out a bit more. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to get a lot of the finalists to come along to the event and chat a bit more about their projects for those that are interested the one thing that's magic about the awards is that is the huge diversity in in the number of in the type of people that are entering. Mm. So it really broadens out the conversation about assessment. It's not just HE or, or um, schools based assessment or workplace assessments. It's all of these things. And it's a it's a real nice opportunity. So, yeah, we've created a little opportunity for a bit of networking and a bit of discussion um, and hope that people can go away with with learning quite a lot about it. Brilliant. Sounds fantastic. So really look forward to that. And if people want to register for the events, they go to e-assessment.com slash conference. Is that correct? Yep. And it's free to attend. So um, you just have to sign up 
And if you can't event, attend live, then it'll all be recorded and you'll be able to watch it um, on demand when, when it suits you. Fantastic. Well, good luck with all the, the judging. Uh, it, I hope that Bob Harrison, I believe, is the, the, the kind of chief judge. Is that correct? He is. He's the chair of our judging panel. He's been a great advocate of the awards for years. He, he yeah. uh, was a judge since, since it started. And, uh, yeah, he's been really supportive this year as well. He gave a fantastic keynote a few years ago as well, didn't he? So um, as part he of did, that. and he's written a he's written a lovely piece. He's he's the one person that's apart from myself that's actually had a, a bit of an overview of all of the awards and entries this year. So hopefully we'll be able to um, do a little interview with him near the time where he can share some of his his thoughts on on the entries as a whole. Yeah, yeah, we look forward to it. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it, and uh, good luck with the awards. And uh, I'll speak to you soon. No problem. Thanks for the opportunity to talk about it. Cheers, Tim. See you later. Thanks, Karen. So just a reminder, e-assessment.com slash conference if you want to register for that or more information and read Bob's, uh, Bob's article. Next week, uh, also on the 5th of May, there's the CNG event. Uh, it's the Chicago uh, Certification Network Group meeting. Uh, some really quite interesting topics have been covered as part of that. Um, I know that people will be quite tired from uh, events this week uh, with ATP, but I do know that there's quite a few people attending that as well. So please do check that out. If you want more information about that, then go to spass.com slash events. Just looking at other information, activities that's going on, so on to the stream. Uh, so obviously we've got the awards finalists announced there on social media, which is uh, excellent. Um, there's a little post that I put up uh, about the uh, AI conversation that took part as, as part of um, uh, ATP. Uh, John Kleeman uh, chaired the session and some brilliant speakers are on it. One of the really fascinating things that came up was uh, that the European and some US legislation that's been put through uh, around the use of AI um, particularly in the assessment area and considering it as being high risk, um, anything which is uh, screening and, and, and judging people as part of the next stage, then um, some big conversations to be had there. On the same theme, JISC have uh, announced the new Na National Centre for Artificial Intelligence. Uh, AFTAB there very kindly uh, posting about that, so please do check that out. And then still, I suppose, in the IT world, uh, ITCC, uh, the IT Certification Council have got an event coming up on the 12th of May. Uh, they're talking about a white paper that they've shared. But um, if you, I'm sure if you want to have a look and uh, try and register for that, then I'm sure they'll be glad to have you attend. Well, that's it from me. Thank you very much. I hope you all stay safe and well. Uh, thank you. And uh, we'll see you soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. To keep up to date with the latest information from our Surpass community, visit Surpass.com. We'll be back with another podcast soon. Thank you for listening.